0: Good evening everybody on Let's Talk Assassin's Creed, your a one
1: podcast for all things Assassin's Creed. Good evening everybody and welcome to episode 129 of Let's Talk Assassin's Creed, except a little bit of a change this week, uh, we probably won't be talking about Assassin's Creed, why is that Declan?
0: The horror of, of Assassin's Creed podcast not touching on Assassin's Creed? <laughs>
1: Are we <I> I'll be th- ill? <laughs> It it turns out other games exist.
0: (laughs) What are these other games?
1: What treachery is this? I know, I know. So, tell me, what games have you played today? None. I was a kid.
0: I've been playing a a Magic the Gathering mobile game. Oh,
1: that's still a game. That counts. (laughs) It's gaming. (laughs) Yeah, I've I've never played Magic the Gathering, but uh, it's it's like a card trading game or something, I think.
0: Um, Yeah, it's like a really very big popular TCG, and I suck absolutely. Hang on,
1: hang on on there. You're using very technical terms. TCG? Trading card game. Okay, okay, gotcha. Like Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh. Okay, both also games that I've never played.
0: Well, I suck at Magic the Gathering, and then two years ago, someone showed me this match-free version, which is like you build a deck... Uh, of 10 cards, you can only have, like, three creatures on the field, spells, traps, tokens, a lot of magic moment jumbo. But you gain mana to cast the cards by doing match-free, so... And it's really tricky because uh, you get planeswalkers, which are very, like, big main characters of the franchise, practically. And they have colours bonuses, so if you match three blues together... Um, you get f- um f- free mana or plus how much number is so if normally it's like free plus plus three. So if there's a free next to your blue, you get six mana every time you match it. So you build that mana up to cast cards, and it's Magic the Gathering for simple people who just want to match free stuff.
1: Okay, interesting. And then, but you're playing online against others, or are you just sort of playing against a computer.
0: A computer that uses real world decks that other people built. Ah, okay, interesting. We call the bot
1: Greg. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, understood, understood. I suppose, really, we should, we should probably, um, we should explain. So, um, we have both over the last well years, we've been playing and replaying. Assassin's Creed games I was just looking at my notes I I keep a note on my phone of every game I've played and I've got another note of every game I've played this year so far so we're recording this what 6th of April 2022 so I'm going to read out to you um, Declan what I've played this year starting in January so in um, December I started or I should say restarted um, Syndicate and i carried on playing into the new year and getting uh, i was basically my, my goal was 100% sync including the dlc and the sort of expansion content which i which i got which is great i didn't get all the achievements I, I couldn't be bothered to to do the the trophy hunting that doesn't really interest me so much but i was pretty happy to get 100% sync and then on a stream i think it was back in january um we did our first stream um and we did chronicles china and then, no, Chronicles India. That's right. So I've played. A, I'll be honest. I have played much. I've probably played about two hours of Chronicles India and Chronicles China. And I'm going to be completely honest. I got stuck. And I didn't know how to proceed. I kept dying, so uh, I I haven't continued that. And then I went back to Black Flag to my save game that was about I don't know seventy five percent sync. I'd done the main story. This was about this time last year. And I went back to because um, I thought you know what? I've really enjoyed going back to to Syndicate um, to get 100% sync I'm going to do the same I'd already got 100% sync in Unity um, Odyssey and Valhalla so I thought I'm going to go back and and try and do Black Flag and again not difficult really but really good fun Um, finishing the side missions doing the assassination contracts Um, I played the Freedom Cry DLC which was that deals with a tough topic Um, but I'm really glad I played it I didn't aim for 100% sync on that one and then that's it. That was the, that was probably middle of February. And that was the last time I, I've actually touched Assassin's Creed game. Um, I, uh, I bought a PlayStation 5 last summer. And, um, the game that I kind of had my heart set on was Horizon Forbidden West. I played Zero Dawn on PC, absolutely loved the storytelling and the world they created. And I had my, um, my eyes on, on the future of horizon forbidden west and as part of the i always forget what it's called is it playstation plus subscription i can't remember anyway yeah yeah you get a load of free games i thought you know i've i've had a lot of fun playing assassin's creed i mean all last year i just played assassin's creed games working my way through all of the older games um i think the only one i've not played now is chronicles russia and then the mobile games, which I don't know if I'll ever play. But anyway, um, and I thought, yeah, it's time to time to broaden my horizons and play some other games and see other ways that, you know, studios do storytelling and gameplay. So uh, I'll give you the list. Um, it's not a very long list. I, I don't, don't be too impressed. I mean, what we know, we're early April. So this is over about the last six or seven weeks. So I played God of War, uh, Spider-Man Miles Morales. Uh, Last of Us Remastered and now Horizon Forbidden West, which I think I've been playing now for about a month, pretty much every, not every day. Some days are just busy with, you know, family stuff. But um, yeah, I am, as I think I said when we were chatting some time ago, I'm kicking the ass out of this game and just having an absolute fantastic time. And it's been really nice to step away and and just play different styles of games. As I said, different stories, different ways of exploring worlds, and so on. So, I've really enjoyed it. So tell me what you've been playing over the last couple of months.
0: Well, I just want to say, like, I think mean, this is why like this episode today is actually a really great and one to do for listeners. It's that like this episode has been going for two. Ge- this podcast has been going for two years now. Uh, I've not took any breaks. It's every week on the dot except when I had cold but that doesn't count as a break and you know I just realised talking to New James every day that I eat sleep Assassin's Creed I've not actually taken a break (laughs) from Assassin's Creed in two years I spend two hours a night gaming because you know kids go to bed about 8 o'clock and by 10 o'clock I'm knackered so two hours a night replaying the same Assassin's Creed game for two years on the dot I am like you where I'm you know I want to broaden my horizons a little bit and try some new stuff, which is difficult when games are just too expensive these days. Mm. I can't even afford, literally, I've been trying to afford Elden Ring for about two months and I'm still nowhere near. (laughs) But I have been playing Game Pass, which is like my lifesaver, because when I need a break from Assassin's Creed, it's no dig at Assassin's Creed being boring, because I, you know, I thrive off it, but when you replay the same mission that you've replayed six, seven times, you're like,
1: I know how it ends. I know every route mm. Um, I think I've just I'll be, tried. I to- will just say on that point, right? So the last time I did some, I, did, I, I, was, I can't remember how many months ago it was, but I did a, just a quick replay of a couple of the assassination missions from Unity. And I remember when I first played that game, how hard I found it. And I just flew through them. Now that, I like you say, you know the routes, you know where the guards are going to be, you know the detection ranges, you know how to use the tools. It was a piece of cake. <laughs> it was great. I felt like a god. But yeah, it, it does become, you, you lose that challenge, don't you, once you become so familiar with it.
0: I think I'm starting to notice that with Syndicate because I know Syndicate I've never completed. So when I get to the last two missions, they're new, they're going to be fresh. Oh, okay. But where I am now, I think the first mission with Eevee, where you've got to get to the underground section to assassinate the scientist, and it's like, oh, optional objective um, destroy five um hanging objects, so kill five guards with fallen objects
1: oh yeah, that's like the that's that's the second mission of the game isn't it? yeah,
0: and when I first played that, I have replayed it six times because I could never get five, but now on my first playthrough, it took a four hour mission when I first played it five minutes i just yeah. literally i know yeah. the time so it's just i think mean, i've been trying to play stardew Valley, which six keys recommended which is like the most chillest farm game ever but then people will say well hang on a minute declan you're listening to death metal while playing a chill farming game because that's how i chill as you're raking the ground chopping the trees and you've got someone screaming in the ear about Stephen king's pet cemetery or another horror movie that you did not watch but you love someone
1: singing about it <laughs> i love this mix so you're playing Stargy valley which I've, i never played but you've got death metal playing interesting
0: well like i'm gonna like go on a tangent here is everybody for years has always assumed the big stereotype that death metal heavy metal proper scream on music is bad you know it makes people angry it makes people violent I found out a month ago, a study in America. Thank God, America, for doing this study. uh, Out of 196 participants, I think it said, I could be wrong, they proved that death metal and screaming calms certain people down. Because if they're having a rough day, they can associate their anger with the vocals. So, it's weird having someone screaming in your ear as they're singing about um really heavy topics about mental health and all that and it's actually something with mental health it's actually kind of relatable so you kind of relax to it i really don't want to listen to the wap song
1: <laughs> what's a wap song
0: have you never heard Uh, do it's not to so yourself friendly but it's by Cardi b or something it's the wap song it's like
1: where I will Google that afterwards, yeah. maybe. <laughs> or maybe I won't.
0: I don't know. Don't. <laughs> anyway. It's like, I can't get comfortable listening to, like, One Direction, Justin Bieber, all like, pop people. But I get comfortable with, like, proper screamo and a bit of Nickelback, which isn't heavy metal, but it's nice smooth rock.
1: Yeah, I'm strange. No, not at all. I mean, you put on the music you like,
0: absolutely. People there be like, "I'm playing violins while listening to Stardew Valley. Declan, I want someone roaring in my ear, like they're about to summon hell itself."
1: <laughs> so tell me, star is Stardew Valley just an open ended game then, or does it have a a story and an end? I'm guessing it's kind of open ended. There is a story there, but it's hidden. It's like I think it is open
0: ended because I think it's for ages. But there is a story weaving into the NPCs you visit, uh, treasures you find, just exploring. So it's it's like a story that is more connected to the world than an actual quest, if that makes sense.
1: It does. It does, yeah. But you're enjoying it. Yes.
0: And the, the other thing I'm really good about is um, there's no Dark Souls games <laughs> on...
1: <laughs> game pass
0: i tried to play that mortal shell which is like a dark souls clone
1: yes i saw a picture that you sent of that you were sort of fighting this massive toad it looked like yeah the toad was evil and you know what i i, I just rage quit the game so that, well, elden that ring right everyone is talking about elden ring my my twitter timeline is either elden ring or um, virtual photography from horizon um I've watched some YouTube footage of Elden Ring, like Leo K's done some some sort of guides and so on. I will never play Elden Ring. Can I tell you why? Yeah. Because the people you fight, they creep me out. That's a credit, by the way, to the art departments and the designers who created all these different enemies. They are so unsettling. It kind of terrifies me. I will never play Elden Ring. And I'm fine with that. <laughs> Honest, but you would like to. You're looking forward to it one day to getting a hold of it.
0: To be honest, I'm literally on the verge of Googling black market people to sell my kidney just so I can play it.
1: Because Please don't do that.
0: My my, <laughs> my timeline's full of it and it has <laughs> got me this whole craving of fear of missing out.
1: FOMO, yeah, yeah the strongest drug. Yeah.
0: It's drive me nuts because I really want to play the Hogwarts legacy game for personal reasons. And when is that released? That's releasing this year.
1: Okay. So, I guess for the holiday season, then November or something like that.
0: So, I get about £4 a month to save games because you know how expensive bills are. So, £4 a month to save up for Harry Hogwarts Legacy at 60 quid and Elden Ring at 60 quid. Yes, understood. I'm I'm on a wall. I don't have a kidney. (laughs) But. (laughs) I, see, that's the thing with games like Elden Ring and Dark Souls. The enemy types are freaky as hell. But... Maybe it's me, but... You remember the boss battles in Valhalla? Yes. You know, I have to get to a certain power level. They're just easy to beat. Yes. Or you can just mash abilities. Well, when you play Elden Ring or Dark Souls... Usually magic's a bit different, because magic is very strong in them games. But... If you die to a boss five times, and then you finally beat it, there's that euphoria sense that you beat it, not the game. Like, in Valhalla, when you beat a boss, you beat a boss because you've used the abilities, you've used uh, the weapons, and you've used different ruins to build up your stats. And you do all that with Dark Souls. Obviously, you build your stats up for effects and all that. But if that boss is, like, hitting you for, like, a 1,000 damage, so two shots and you're dead... But you know its attack pattern, you know where it's going to hit, you know how hard it's going to hit, you know when to parry, when to block. That's you as a player, not the computer. So it's kind of like makes boss battles more euphoric to win because you know you've
1: done it, not the computer's abilities. So the whole game is kind of the, the melee combat or the character build stuff. What you're saying is it's there, but it's kind of... It's weighted or it's, I don't know what the right word is, it's tuned to make it feel much more personal rather than, as you said, I've just built up my palette so much that I can one shot the bag I like, I mean, in Horizon right now. I'm about halfway through the main story. I am exploring everywhere and doing every side content because it's amazing. Um, I've reached max level already. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm I'm about halfway through the main story. I'm, I am ridiculously overpowered in some ways, although there are there are complexities to the combat that mean that you're still never so you you can one shot you know the machines, but but not reliably. Um, so there's always that element of challenge. But yes, I have certainly reached a point where I'm ridiculously overpowered. But you're saying that the way that Elden Ring is, or the, these types of games are designed, is that you can never be overpowered. So it's more about melee skill i guess
0: well you technically can be overpowered um i'm gonna use Bloodborne because that's the most recent one i can remember playing and beating um my friend was could literally one shot all the bosses but he was on like new game plus 20 or something by that point so he played and how when you play a game and you get xp it levels your character up and you're done the way these games work is you get currency called souls and in elder Ring, it's ruins. Mm. And when you die, you lose them. So when you don't level up by getting, getting experience points, you level up by killing enemies, getting the souls, going back to a bonfire which is a resting point, and dumping these souls into like health, stamina, strength, dexterity, RPG skills, so you can make. But there's like a knock-on effect, so some weapons need like ten strength, and if you've just put everything in health. You may be able to withstand so much power from bosses but you're never going to be able to hold weapons or do so much damage because you've not put any points into strength. So it's very build heavy but there's that risk reward of if you die you lose all your souls so you've got to go back and collect them and if you don't collect them they're gone for good. But by that sense you know that once you're leveled up and you've got stronger and you've done it you earned that level. You didn't just farm an area. And you can farm, but you didn't just farm an area where an automatic XP bar goes up. Zoom, zoom, yes, zoom. Understood. understood. You farm an area. And if you... I did this as a lot in Dark Souls too. I farmed an area, and I'm running back like 10k souls. And I forgot that because enemies respawn every time you go to the checkpoint. So I forgot a certain enemy point, And as I walked past, I got jumped by two enemies and died. Oh, losing no. 10k and people say that's unfair, that's gaming unfair yes, there should be difficulty sliders, I'm not going to disagree every game should have them but in my opinion, that was my own fault I should have remembered there were enemies there,
1: because I've been in that area lots of times <laughs> I've seen this debate a lot about the difficulty of these games and people saying they should have difficulty and others saying nope. And I'll, I'll be honest, I'm I'm on. I I've never played any of these games, so I, maybe I shouldn't comment. But I'm going to comment anyway. I don't see why these games need a difficulty rating or, or a difficulty adjustment. If they're hard, they're hard. You know what you're getting into. <laughs> you know, um, and it's on you to master the game systems, like it is with any game.
0: I think from someone who's played them and i'm on the side of difficulty sliders should be added because the problem with the game is the story isn't spoon-fed to you you have to go out in the world and you have to go find the story and people have been unpicking dark souls for years from like doing npc charts finding items item descriptions And that's what makes the world so vibrant, so fun to explore. That's why I want to Mm. play Elden Ring, because it's Mm. all there. And with a difficulty slider, even if the bosses are challenging, even if some of the enemies are challenging, it gives players more opportunity to go and explore the lore of the world and the story, if that makes sense.
1: Ah, So what you're saying is that the way the game is structured actually makes it harder to understand the story. Or to, to find the story
0: yeah there's, I think on Bloodborne, uh, my friend told me this because I didn't realise, you could go to a boss called of Gascoigne and is a really difficult boss but if you go to like a specific window talk to an NPC, you can get a bell no not a bell, it's uh, a music box that stuns him, which means you can do damage, but to get to that window you have to go through a crap ton of enemies and it was kind of frustrating that I had 50 times getting to the boss. And imagine if you had a difficulty slider and it was a bit easier to get through the area, you know, you're doing that side quest to get that box to help you on the boss. It's a little
1: bit of a help, if that makes sense. What do you think? I want to ask a related question. What is the hardest video game you've played? Um,
0: Bloodborne. Bloodborne. Okay. That I was stuck on a boss called Mikolash for five days straight. I loved it. I I loved figuring out his attack patterns. And when I beat him after five days, I literally said "f you" to the screen. (laughs) It it was. My heart was racing. I thought I was going to have a panic attack and an asthma attack at once. But knowing that I spent five days, I found his pattern. I found his route. I found his weakness. I kicked his ass myself mm. was so mm. joyous. Plus the um the other ta- the other hard boss in the game, I got so annoyed that I had to call my friend in to come beat him up. Oh, and my brilliant. friend my friend's like new game like twenty or something, so he just walked in, smacked the boss once, the boss instantly died. I was <laughs> like, yeah, that's how you play it. Get your <laughs> friends to steamroll.
1: Did you finish... You said it was Bloodborne, right? Uh, yeah, I finished Did Bloodborne. Did you finish it? Yeah.
0: Nice. I even got one of the hidden endings, which I thought was the right ending, but it turns out it's just one of many hidden endings. And oh, it was wow, right, okay. Difficult ending to actually get, and I could use this description to get your opinion on difficulty sliders, actually. Mm. So to get one of the endings, you have to hunt down an item called an umbilical card, and they're scattered through NPCs and certain... Back alleys, and bear in mind these back alleys are crawling with ridiculously overpowered werewolves. But okay. literally, they made me hit werewolves for 20 minutes. <laughs> but once you like consume all three, you get a really cool ending that makes your jaw drop. So, if it was easier to get to them to get that hidden ending,
1: wouldn't that be a bit fairer for players? But if it was easier would you have the same sense of accomplishment? Depends on the boss. (laughs) (laughs) If
0: I I swear to God, if I could put a Miklash boss on easy mode and defeat him in two days and not five, I wouldn't care. I kicked his ass. Mm. Just don't
1: give me a five-day boss again. But Mm.
0: now I want to play It's such a
1: difficult one, isn't it? I, I don't know what the... I mean, you know, the good news is there are hundreds, thousands of video games out there and, you know... Pick one that suits you. And I guess, do you think anyone buys a Souls game or a Soulsborne game not knowing what they're getting into? And then they start it and they're like, oh my God, <laughs> what have I done? Or do you think people know what they're buying when they choose one of these games?
0: I, r- I really think it's a mixture of both. Mm. I really I really honestly know from my own experience that it's a mixture of you know what you're getting into and a mixture of your friend's an absolute twat. <laughs> My friend said to me, and I am quoting this, Declan, you know you play Assassin's Creed a lot? Yes. You like RPGs? Yes, but Assassin's Creed's not full RPG, people. I know that, but hang on here. Would you like to play a game called Dark Souls? It's like Assassin's Creed with, like, movements and exploration, and you can, like, find hidden lore like Assassin's Creed does. Do you want to play it? Yeah, I'll play Dark Souls. No, mate. This is nothing like Assassin's Creed. This is far <laughs> from it. I've just fallen off a cliff and died for the hundredth time. Assassin's Creed, I jump off a roof in my own mistake. But no. So yeah, I think people just buy it to their friends and butter them up and then laugh as they painlessly get squashed.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I, I can tell you, I've never played any of them. Um, and I, I don't think I will, because it doesn't sound like fun to me.
0: It's fun for people who like to be abused.
1: <laughs> well, I, I, that's it. I'm not judging anyone, just to be clear. Oh. But uh, no, I, uh, I'm i very clear. I, I play for the story. If there's an easy mode, I will choose it, <laughs> to be honest. You know, um, it's Which one thing easy. that um, with, um, with Horizon Zero Dawn, if you want, a platinum trophy, or I mean, I played on, through Steam on PC, so there's no platinum trophy, but there are Steam achievements, and of course, you can collect them all. There is an achievement for doing a New Game Plus on any difficulty, fine, and then there is an achievement for doing New Game Plus on ultra hard difficulty. Um, and that just doesn't appeal to me, if I'm honest. So, I, I don't think I would ever platinum Horizon Zero Dawn i think there's two reasons there's so many other games to play and i don't have that much time i can probably play an hour a day and maybe two at the weekend and i just you know i need to get on like you spent a week on that one boss and you beat it and the sense of satisfaction must have been fantastic and i respect that but i just think for me nah i i don't have the time um I'm not a rage quitter. I will just say that I'm not someone that gets sort of, maybe I would be a rage quitter if I played a game like that. But, um, you know, generally I, I'm pretty calm. And I'll, if I fail a mission or whatever, I will look at it logically and say, all right, let's try again, try again. What did What did I miss? What clues did the game give me that I didn't see? But um, I think a week for a single boss is uh, impressive. To be honest, this is where things are weird because... I'm
0: like you, identically. I don't play any game on any other difficulty than easy. Like, oh, okay. I'm there for the story, I hate hard mode in games because, from what I've played of games that are not designed to be hard, they just go ridiculously stupid. Enemies get more HP, more damage. It's like the game's designing to not be fair. But with Dark Souls already being difficult and there's no difficulty settings. It's designed to kick your ass, but you have to learn it. Whereas games that have got living like ultra hard mode, like uh, Nightmare Mode for Assassin's Creed, that's just them playing, being playing masochists. They're not playing fair. I can't complete any game on that difficulty.
1: (laughs) No, I've seen so many people on, on the subreddit, I'm talking about Odyssey now, who... Are trying to play on nightmare difficulty and it's a brand new game and they're at level one and it takes them ages to to chip away the health of every guard and it's like well yeah that's that's kind of what they've done to make it harder um is that the right way to make a game mode a more difficult game mode harder i don't know from a game design point of view but if you're not enjoying chipping away at every guard for two or three minutes drop the difficulty you know i do think that um I don't know whether it's the same for Valhalla and Origins because I've only ever played Origins, I think, on normal mode or whatever the, the easiest mode is. And Valhalla, actually Valhalla, I did, again, don't remember. what The difficulties are things like Scald, Drengeir, and I can't remember the other modes in Valhalla. But again, I started Valhalla on the easiest level, the easiest setting. But I think about halfway through, I bumped it up to the hardest because actually I was quite overpowered and... The fights were too easy. Um, and I think because of the power of the dual spear uh, build, of course, I think even on the hardest difficulty, it still wasn't that difficult to to sort of just slice through the, the bad guys. But anyway, um, I feel like, particularly for Odyssey, I don't know about the other two, um, I definitely feel like Nightmare Mode was designed for New Game Plus. Um, you know, when you've really leveled up your character and, and got you know very high level gear um, to boost your stats I I don't think that it's intended for a new game starting at level one but that's just my guess I don't know what the design like all of these things the designers give you a range of options and you pick the options that give you the gameplay you want I guess um, I know I think for for Valhalla there's, an, there's a really fine control well, there is now especially with the recent patches over the stealth mechanics the melee mechanics you can really tune it to how you want it and i think i had melee combat on the most difficult setting i always have the exploration on the sort of what's the right way to say it the option that gives the least clues and the least assistance because i don't want the waypoints i do want to explore the world as immersively as possible, but in Valhalla, especially, I always had the ass- uh, stealth settings on the easiest. I mean, that was because the stealth was broken, but it, it. I think that is a lot better now as well. So I don't know what I'd go back and do, and, and whether you'd feel a difference. But um, in general, I'm there for the story, um, and then move on. I tell you one thing I did notice just on the from from the game the, the sort of the games I've been playing over the last couple of months. So Miles Morales, uh, which that's a that's a brilliant game really enjoyable web swinging across new york is fantastic um with miles morales on the easiest difficulty i think it is your health never drops below i think it's a quarter or a third so you never die and it's great Because you can just get into a melee combat and you can just have fun. You can try the combos out. You can stand there. Now, I'm sure, again, probably should go back and play it on a harder difficulty and set myself some challenge. But I enjoyed more messing around with different combos and making Spider-Man look cool by doing little jumps and leaps and swinging off of things and then coming back into the fight. So, yes, am I a bit of a, a wimp? Probably, but... I enjoyed my time, and I I, I used that uh, plot armour from easy mode to have fun with the game in a different way. Um, So maybe it's good to have those options, but I think, yeah, with these Soulsborne games, they're difficult, you know? (laughs) Get good. (laughs) Is it as simple as that? I think as
0: well with the Soulsborne games, and I have a point on Valhalla that will make you laugh in a minute, is, as you say, with um, Nightmare mode, they literally just increase characters armor and literally increase the health armor damage starts go through the roof but soulsborne games are literally designed to be punishing but not to the point that they're impossible so when you start a new game with soulsborne you're not chipping away at health you know the it there, there is like zones to it so in dark souls 2 for example you could get through half a forest of giants really easy you know you were like um, two swings of your sword and the enemy was dead but the problem isn't how much health or how much damage enemies enemy was due, is you could go into areas with six enemies and they're all piled on top of you and then you're dead mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's why like but with nougat with like nightmare mode and even higher one on one fights are blooming impossible <laughs> but a one on one fight with a normal non-boss enemy in souls bonds can be pretty easy bosses
1: that's just another level <laughs> but I don't know. I just feel... have you got. Is it on your Xbox? You've got Bloodborne, or was that on your PlayStation? Uh, that was PlayStation. On this, actually, shame. So you haven't got any games from the series on your Xbox. Um,
0: no, sadly, That's
1: because I was thinking one day I want you to. Well, I have to I'm sure there's an app for it, or there's a there's a setting for it on the Xbox. But there I would is. love to see you stream it, and then just so I could watch. I would you know, watch you play. That'd be fun.
0: I would love to stream a Soulsborne game, but the issue with the Soulsborne games, and I think From Software, the company is doing this on purpose, and nobody can tell me otherwise, but they barely ever go on sale. Like, right. Right now, Sekiro, which is also a part of the Soulsborne series, but it's a different game, um, that's been out since 2019, and it's still at full price of fifty nine ninety nine. And <sighs> that's been out since twenty nineteen. And so why would I pay fifty nine ninety nine for Sekiro when I could get Elden Ring brand new for the same price? You know, Dark yeah, Souls 3. Fair point. fair point. Um standard edition for Dark Souls 3, which has also been out for quite a while. And this is Deluxe edition, that's fine. But even then that's um, for, It's been out since 2016, and Dark Souls 3 is still sitting at £49.99 brand new, and that's since 2016. Mm. It's like they never want to reduce the prices, they just sit that high. So it's like I'm never gonna afford them. Like, not be rude, and to be honest, I wouldn't want to when for that price I could just buy Elden Ring. Like, Absolutely. Oh, Absolutely. Elden Ring forty nine ninety nine, so the same price as Dark Souls three, and that's more new. I'd rather play that. <laughs> mm, of
1: course, of course.
0: But if I do get Elden Ring, I am definitely streaming it. There is a stream
1: option. Oh, I'd and love to watch that. I would yeah. create a Twitch. I'd be terrified, account. but I'd love to watch it.
0: <laughs> I would literally create a, a separate Twitch account just for random days and just call it Noob Plays Elden Ring, and that's just it. Noob plays Elden. Ring. Brilliant, but I, I didn't want to make a point in Valhalla that might make you chuckle. So I've been part of the, the people since day one, who's completely complained about stealth being broken. But it turns out I actually had no right to complain. When I was tinkering with the settings, I set combat to easy, which makes yeah. sense. Yeah. But day one, I set stealth to master assassin which is the highest difficulty so i had no right to say that i was getting detected really easily when i was already playing on the hardest setting for stealth where you do get detected a lot easier than easy mode so yeah
1: i I, we've, we've spoken about this a few times i do know there are people who say that Stealthy in Valhalla has worked for them reliably, predictably from day one. And these people are very lucky because I started Valhalla with the intention of being stealthy, stealthing as much as I could, using the tools, using the environment. And I very quickly gave up because I was getting insta-detected all the time. You know, all the kind of common complaints was the experience I had, so I just stopped <laughs> I stopped trying to be stealthy. I just meleeed it everywhere um I mean, but that's... You, do you think that your stealth experience was harder because of the difficulty, or do you think you were seeing the same bugs as most players were seeing?
0: I don't think I have a fair right to make that decision because of playing on the hardest difficulty. the detection window is a lot shorter than easy mode. So I'm naturally designed to get detected a lot easier than most people because it's harder, so it's making you work more. The only bug I did report is the um, one they eventually fixed, where if a chicken spotted you, then all the other guards knew where you
1: were. (laughs) I Do you know, I've read about that one. Now, I don't know if I ever experienced that. I, I don't remember. It's been a long time, but... That is just hilarious. Do you know, I? I noticed it once
0: because um, I was in a camp, stealth my way through, and I was doing perfect. Then I got attacked by a rooster, and this archer suddenly started shooting arrows at me. And I could, and I looked around because I could hear like a tink 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 sound effect. So I started stealthing on the bush. Mm. The archer was trying to shoot through a blooming tower. <laughs> it, but as soon as I killed the rooster, and I walked away, the guard, the guard forgot about me. I was like, what the hell? How the hell Were you in cahoots with the rooster? So, I, yeah, I don't think I have a right to say that experience. Okay, so books.
1: can I just make a, just a thought, right, on the rooster thing? I could see a use where, let's say, you are trying to stealth a location. And in that location are farm animals. And I think it might be interesting if there was a mechanic whereby if you disturb the animals, they make noise, they wake up the guards, but it needs to be visually obvious on the screen that you're about, to. you know, there there still needs to be like a, a meter that fills up to give you a chance to correct your own mistakes or take a different approach so I, so I think it could be fun to have animals kind of getting involved but not like what you've described where the chicken saw you you had no chance to react and then you were being attacked that's just um yeah that's crazy
0: do you know i like that you know like walk past the chicken and it starts clucking so the nearest guard turns around as if it's like a whistle so It's like mm.
1: actually they have that in um chronicles china don't they there is. Uh, and in Chronicles India. In India, I think it's the parrots. What is it in? Or maybe they only have it in Chronicles India. But one of the two, or both of them, they have that kind of bird detection or bird warning mechanic. So maybe that's where I'm thinking of it when I when I was describing it a moment ago.
0: But that would, that would annoy me because I'm literally the most watch stealth ever. But it will give me an excuse to shoot a chicken.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Why are all the farm animals dead? Well... They were going to give my position away, so no witnesses. Yeah, (laughs) there's no one around if you kill everyone, right? No witnesses. (laughs) What's the What's the quote? I forget the quote, something like that.
0: But I think that's where also my my stealth was perfect for me because I have an obsession with bows and arrows in stealth (laughs) games. It's like my bread and butter. Connor was literally perfect for it. Yeah, yeah. I figured out from day one. It was so easy to hide up between stealth shot enemies with headshots. And then when guards are like, oh, no, there's a dead person. Air assassinate. Headshot. Air assassinate. headshot. It was more like stealth was Mm. piss easy on that score. Just Mm. shoot them all. Bows and arrows. That's the way forward.
1: Well, I mean, I think that's what, what I enjoy a lot about Horizon. It's a very ranged combat heavy game. Um... And when you get it right, it's really satisfying. Um, You've played... Did you play it on PlayStation? I did, yeah. I played the first one on PlayStation. Right. Yes, of course. So, yeah, you know. Yeah, very very ranged heavy. There's there's a fair bit of stealth, especially when you're doing the sort of bandit camps and other locations. Um, Environmental stealth, I mean. Um, And again, very satisfying when you get it right. Very enjoyable. Very reliable is what I found. I haven't found any obvious detection issues or or anything like that. Um, And the the enemies seem fairly intelligent. You know, they will search. They will check in with their buddies. They will call people over to help them. Um, It feels very fair. Let's describe it like that, Um, which Um, is what you want, isn't it? It doesn't matter if stealth is hard as long as it's consistent so you can learn it um, when it's inconsistent, which I think is the problem that early versions of Valhalla had, what was the point in trying to master something when it could just randomly bug and, you know, you were detected. So,
0: uh, I want to make a point that I'm going to say that some of the AI types in Horizon
1: were not smart. They were dum-dums. <laughs> <laughs> you mean the robots, the machines, oh, or do you mean the yes. people?
0: And the people. Yeah. Um... You know the philosopher ones with the one eyes, the watchers? Yeah. So I managed, and yes, I wasted a lot of arrows doing this, and I wasted 40 minutes doing this, but I managed to keep shooting an arrow a centimetre ahead of a pack of watchers because there's four of them, and they kept walking towards the arrows, (laughs) and I managed (laughs) to lead them straight into a bandit camp.
1: Oh, that's brilliant.
0: And... But for some reason, they were just following the sound of the arrows, even though I was standing up.
1: <laughs> I there mean, was like. They're, they're the, focusing on the immediate threat, the nearby noise. I think that's working as designed. I was laughing. I was like, wow. This is fun. You know, <laughs> go. <laughs> it's my only
0: downside. I wish it was an ability where we could like, control an army of dinosaurs. Well, okay, robot
1: dinosaurs.
0: I wanted a pet watcher. That's what I wanted. Have
1: you seen the claw striders in? Yes. Yeah. Oh. Those are pigs to fight. They, they're so fast. My word. And the, they breathe fire everywhere or they spit acid at you. And oh, geez. Good fun, though. Good fun.
0: It was, for me, the corrupted versions in the Oof. First Horizon. I yeah. hated them.
1: They were yeah. impossible to beat. They were stressful. Yeah. They were fun. But stressful. It's It's funny <laughs> because I was thinking about it In the last few days, like I just thought about it a lot. So I've been playing that game now for about five weeks. Like I said, just over halfway through. I I don't know if, I mean, I will finish the main story. Definitely. I plan to do all the side stories because I think they're really well written, really well acted, performed, I should say. Um, They add so much depth to the world and the characters within it. The writing, I think, is really fantastic. So I plan to do the side content. I don't know whether I'll sort of go for 100% or whether I'll go for all the trophies, but I'll just keep playing, I guess, till I get bored. Um, damn it, I had a point I was going to make. Oh, that was it. <laughs> so, um, but most of what you do in Horizon in terms of, machi- of, of main quests and side quests, you will be fighting machines a lot. And I was thinking to myself, is that a bit boring? Because... You know, that people complain when, when quest designs are all the same or quest objectives are all the same. Um, and I think where Horizon does it well, yes, you are going to be killing machines in most of your um, stories. But it's the variety of the machines, the variety of attacks they can make. But more importantly, each machine is a mini puzzle of weak points and different resistances and then weaknesses to different kinds of attacks so you're constantly having to think about the best way to take each machine down and I think that's what keeps it interesting certainly for me so far anyway Um, I know there's still a few different machine types I haven't uncovered and we'll see how it goes Um, but I think that's the genius of what they established with Zero Dawn Ultimately, it's an open world game, and it it follows open, normal kind of open world structures. But it's the quality of the story writing, and it's that constant depth of the puzzle solving of each machine and each 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 encounter, let's say, um, which keeps it interesting. And the the range of weapons that they've added is fantastic. There's a lot more melee combat options, but I'm not really... I just don't have the memory to memorize all the different button combinations that you need to press to unlock all the different melee styles. I'm going to have to go into one of the fighting pits and just do the training missions again and again and and train myself to learn some of these melee um, combos because they look great. And I I suspect I've got some hard fights coming up where I will need um, to know those melee uh, combos. But um, anyway, for now... I am having a great time and, yeah, many tens of hours into the game and I'm not feeling at all bored. I'm not feeling burnt out. I've got that same sense of wonder exploring the world and and meeting new people and playing their stories that I had right at the start. It's, It's really fantastic.
0: And that's the sort of feeling I would... I have when I watch people play Elden Ring. Ah, yes. Yeah, it's Um, good, isn't it? It's a nice feature. I was going to make, I think the reason why Horizons are Gone, even though it's just dinosaur robots, is so enjoyable for me, it's because it's the only apocalypse game that is 100% realistic. And now, people are going to call me crazy for that, but zombie apocalypses are just so far-fetched and weird. It's You get that sense of, uh, all right, it's like it's a fantasy, but modern life—we live off machines. We've got machines for everything. We've got Alexa, whatever the heck that thing is. We've got yeah, yeah. So, what is the real stretch of machines evolving into animals? There's none. That I could see that.
1: No, you're absolutely right, and and it's so, it's so. The backstory and the explanation of how we've got to the point we've got to is so thorough, it's totally believable. There are no gaps in the in the law. if we put it like that? Plus, it's
0: just Jurassic Park meets dinosaurs. Literally, <laughs> terminator I mean, like, come on. If someone says to you, "Hi, do you want to play a Jurassic Park game?" Yeah, but it's like Skynet was in charge. Uh,
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: Skynet T Rex i'm
1: buying it (laughs) (laughs) i want to jump back a bit to what we were talking about earlier so you said that you have been playing syndicate um did you finish and then jump on to other games or have you just taken a break from syndicate um i'm
0: struggling to get into syndicate again okay like there's no knock on syndicate um because syndicate's just fantastic the whole world's alive Combat is definitely one of my favorites in the franchise. Exploration is top-notch, although I despise the collectibles. It's just DLCs usually take me a month to two months to complete. You know, Heck Valhalla took me from November till March to finish. Yeah. And I plowed for that DLC in under two weeks. And now touching on another Assassin's Creed game is like fun. But I've been here, I've done that, I need something new. And that's what I love most about the podcast. You know, that's I think the podcast is one thing that keeps my hype alive because the guests, the topics are so new and so unpredictable, it's mind blowing, but even though I haven't done the last two memories of Syndicate, so I still need to do them. You know, every checkpoint, every combat, Every activity, every side activity, every perk system, every weapon combo. You know, I tried no hood combat and he put me into any game that I've never touched before. No hood combat would be impossible. I was able to do Syndicate no hood combat in 10 seconds. That's just how easy it is for my muscle memory, you know. Yeah, play Assassin's yeah. Creed 1 with no hood, and that's from 2007. That's piss easy, cause I remember it. There's no challenge, so I'm just trying to take a break from playing other games because I know when the Game Pass go- runs out, <laughs> all I own is Assassin's Creed. So till I get my next Game Pass in November, cause I'm waiting till November when Starfield comes onto Game Pass. So I'm mm-hmm. not gonna get a Game Pass till Starfield. I know from 20th of April to November, all I'll be playing for the next six months is Assassin's Creed.
1: Gotcha. So you need to use your time with Game Pass to uh, play yeah. as many other titles as possible.
0: Because I'm literally just going to be playing. And bear in mind, you can complete Assassin's Creed One in under three weeks. So, so May, June, July, August, September, October, November—seven months. I think I probably will end up doing six runs of all the games. <laughs>
1: I would definitely like to go back to the early games because do you remember our conversation with sophia when we were revisiting a c two and do you remember um I described <laughs> my terrible approach to the game and how i i made it so much harder for myself. I need to go back and replay it with everything I've learned since then and just see how see what it feels like Do I feel like a master assassin do I feel like a a melee combat god um because I certainly didn't the first time I played it.
0: I think that's the only reprieve that I've been getting. You know, Knowing what I know from the law, uh, 15 years later on, knowing what I know about how combat evolves, replaying these games now for the combat and exploration is just a ton of fun. But mentally, I don't like... So I don't read books, reread books, or re-watch movies. My brain doesn't really handle... Stuff I already know, because I think 10 steps ahead. So, yeah, I'm already, as soon as I've completed the first memory of Assassin's Creed 2, re-remembering the entire story. So, the next line Leonardo says, I'm like, yeah, I know you are going to say that. Right, what's next? Yeah, I know how to do that. Yeah, I know how to do that. But when the missions are over and I get to go to the open world, it's like, right, now. I remember someone taught me I could do this, so let's try this out. And then, hey, let's try some parkour because I really don't like it, so maybe I should try experiments. <laughs> so there is I that. Still, I still love the
1: fact that you don't like parkour.
0: <laughs> it's great. <laughs> it's weird because I would kill to play Prince of Persia again, the old ones. Yeah. Yeah. But them games are all about the parkour. But in Assassin's Creed, I'm not a fan of the parkour. So it's very weird. Mm. but yeah so replaying the older games is great for the combat and the parkour but it's just not great to replay the story that you already know a hundred times
1: yeah I get that so right now you are playing Stardew Valley
0: yep anything else Um, I'm waiting till the 12th of April to play Life is Strange True Colours okay and then that'll probably be the last game i play on Game Pass till it runs out.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then i will be back to Assassin's Creed.
1: <laughs> Understood. <laughs> give, give me the pitch of Life is Strange then.
0: I don't know much about True Colors. Um, from what I know is um, the, the main character, Alex Chen, has a Her, she has a, psych, a power, a psychic power of empathy so she can absorb strong emotions of others. And when her brother dies in an accident, she must embrace her power to find the truth. But they're really deep, heavy story-based games. And mm. if you want to pitch, I can tell you about the first one
1: I played. Go for it. I do I I'm just looking at the Wikipedia article for Life is Strange: True Colors. The the cover art. I recognise that character. I probably have seen people sharing pictures of it and so on. But yeah, tell me. Tell me more. I know nothing about the game.
0: Uh, Well, the first life is strange hits you like a ton of bricks in the emotions. Okay. Oh my god! So it's basically just a telltale game, telltale based. Yeah, like have you played those story-based games? Okay. So there's no like open world combat or anything. Just it's basically a novel that you're playing, and you do choices, and each choice makes a decision, Mm. and in the first game, there's really some choices are really small. Like, um, like, spoil for people who haven't played it. Um, <laughs> there's like a conversation dialogue you can do with a couple of characters, and there's a really emotional scene where some girl wants to like throw herself off a roof, and that's a very heavy topic to discuss. And if you don't like look through the, the different conversations, and you don't look through just exploring a little bit because they're very linear games you can do some exploring if you don't answer her what the, the dialogue correctly because you didn't find the information about her beliefs and all that she will jump off oh my god and that's so heavy and the character actually reels with that emotion she feels the emotion but Okay. It makes the choice impactful, but there's a supernatural spin, and that's what made it harder because the supernatural spin in the first one is your character controls time; she can reverse time, but she can't stop her friend jumping off the roof. And oh my god, that hits. But yeah, the I I I want to spoil the ending, but I'd really feel bad if I
1: did. With, in case you want to play it. Don't tell me the ending. Um, no. a, I tell you what, I did promise myself I wouldn't buy any games this year. Because I, I will, just, just to get myself out of my own promise, I did pre-order <laughs> Horizon Forbidden West last year. <laughs> Actually, I've already broken my promise to myself. Because <laughs> as soon as I finished playing um, Last of Us, I bought Last of Us Part 2 because it was half price on the PlayStation Store. So yeah, I've already bought a game this year, but I've got so many games in my backlog. I've probably got got three or four Ubisoft games I've not really touched or barely touched I've probably got half a dozen games in my Steam library I mean they're not all massive games not not talking sort of you know huge open world AAA 200 hour games but all all kinds of stuff and I promised myself that this year was going to be um, playing a wider variety of games from different studios different styles Um, but just trying to play my backlog and not buying any more so don't tell me the ending. Maybe we'll come back to it in the future. Maybe I maybe I'll look it out and if it's a relatively short game and maybe if it's quite cheap I might just play it. Why not? It is quite short and i,
0: I to be honest, I have glossed over a lot of important details so not to spoil it, but mm. it's one of those it's a very short game, but it's in three parts. Um and yeah very relatively cheap. But the story is so emotional like i completed it and i was like i need a cup of tea to lie down because i'm not okay (laughs) like it's the first game that made me just stop and go i don't like life (laughs) that game is evil The, the last is the collection is on playstation 2 which is remastered and they it, it, it remastered it, but it is good because the storytelling is so heavy and so great. It's It just, when I saw True Colors being announced, I was like, I need to buy that. Mm. But then, mm. you know, when it came out, I was trying to focus on buying Valhalla and getting mm. the DLCs on Valhalla. So I had to stop it for Strife Strange. And I've never even touched Let's Plays because... It's a game I wouldn't want to spoil, not in my life, because you need to experience the story, because the story is just perfect.
1: All right. If I play it, we'll come back to this topic. Maybe we'll do another random episode where we talk about other games, random. and uh, we'll compare notes.
0: Ah, uh, then I just like gush over how how heavy it was. Mm. Mm. I love game. Right. I even. I even played that "Tell Me Why" game, that was free on Xbox for a while. That was a similar vein. Jesus, that hit you like a ton of bricks.
1: <laughs> Tell me that's... why. I'm. I'm. Ah, now, have we spoken about this before? Because it's... I'm just reading the description of it on um, how long to beat. Tell me why is the latest narrative adventure game from? Don't Not... Well, oh, okay, that's a. I forget the right word. <laughs> it's a word that you can read the same backwards and forwards. It's not a palindrome. Is it a palindrome? Anyway, doesn't matter. From Do- Don't Nod Entertainment, the studio behind the beloved franchise Life is Strange. In this intimate thriller, twins Tyler and Alison Ronan use their special bond to unravel mysteries of their loving but troubled child. I think I, you have told me about this, or someone has. You, you kind of replay the world from their two perspectives. Is that right?
0: Yeah, and I actually brought it because how they view memories Mm. makes kind of makes you think about Assassin's Creed in a unique light. That's
1: where we've discussed it. Yes, yes, okay.
0: Because, you know, when you play it, you will replay a a memory, pretty much. But there is that beautiful moment which makes the story impactful that your one twin may remember it different the other twins there's a really great part in it where one of the characters is angry at one of the main characters so how she remembers it's a bit more aggressive whereas the other person remembers it slightly more neutral and when you play it you can make the choice and you get achievements to playing the choice and it changes how you remember the past and okay. it's very impactful yeah. because you're not changing the past no, but you, you're seeing the past in a different memory so assassin's creed could always run with that idea two characters remember the same event differently it's not impossible and it's very logical
1: could be interesting could be an interesting way to explore genetic memories in a new way it would make i a do wonder sense. what we'll see from the future i mean so we are well we're as, as i said at the start we're recording this on the 6th of april we published our interview with Darby McDevitt, what, four days ago, five days ago, which has become our most popular um, episode on YouTube. And I think it's our most popular episode uh, on audio services, which I guess you would expect. And that, that's great. Um, I do wonder what the future holds. And Darby didn't obviously tell us, hey, guys, the next game is going to be this and the major themes of this and the storyline is this. But he did drop a few hints. And I don't know, I've, I've got this feeling that maybe we're going a bit more back to the old style. I don't know, could be 100% wrong, could be more RPG, open world, whatever. But I don't know, I just got a little feeling from our, our conversation, which, you know, people can listen to. That maybe we're going back to the old way, or maybe we're, like 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 I said, maybe we're going to, put genetic memory at the centre of the games again and explore genetic memory in new ways. Now, that's... I, I have hope. <laughs> Maybe I will lose that hope. <laughs> but right now, I have hope. <laughs> we'll see how it goes.
0: I have hope, but there's phrasing that, that you've just used and that seen everyone used online that kind of like makes me grind my teeth a little. People talk about that they don't want the next game to be open world or RPG. But technically, everything RPG in Origins Odyssey and Valhalla has already been done before them games. So it kind of gets me thinking I would be like, oh, the game has to be like the old games with no RPG mechanics, no open world. Technically, everything Origins Odyssey and Valhalla did isn't new, it's just old stuff expanded. So if the next game does go back, the only thing they're going to take away is open world. Mm. And that's it. They're not going to take Mm. RPG because there's no mechanic in these new games that hasn't been already explored. And I would happily sit down with
1: anybody and point this out. (laughs) You make a good point. I mean, the whole concept of doing stuff in the world earns you XP, which you then use to unlock abilities or skills or whatever, that was in Syndicate that was in unity yes in unity it wasn't called xp it was called creed points and you used it to unlock um you know cosmetics or gear with better stats but you earned um you got sync points for completing m- memories and you use those sync points to unlock abilities so and let's think further back i mean black flag mind you even then you had crafting you know black flag rogue don't remember ac3 didn't really explore that one fully but you had crafting, you could you could create more character health by crafting new gear or even in AC2, you, you got better armor, didn't you? You could go and earn better armor to, to build your character stats, your defense stats, I guess you'd call it. Um. So yes, maybe they weren't fully fledged character builds with different skill trees and melee damage and range damage, but there's been elements of that coming for a long time, hasn't there? I
0: think looking at Syndicate more closely, and I on the this the other night, I literally blew my mind away. Um, If you do, like, 25 air assassinations, there's a hidden perk
1: menu, which I just found. Yes, the so, perks. Yeah, the perks. The, some of them, if you if you unlock them, they can add some nice stuff to your character. And I was looking at one of them, and
0: it was, like, increased stun, increased duration, and I was like, how is that any different to ruins? The ruins are... Some of the stuff that engravings that you put in Odyssey, how is that perk any really different? You're it's... absolutely right.
1: I think mean, Unity has a perk system, doesn't it, as well? Because there's all Unity's those... got two systems. It's got the sync points um, that you collect from doing main memory, main. Mm, Jesus. Main story memories. And then from doing co op missions. And then you use those sync points to unlock skills like. Double assassination, like enhanced phantom blade, like assassin cash, and all the other ones, disguise skill. And then Unity has creed points, which you earn whenever you do basically you do cool assassin shit. So if you assassinate someone, or do a blend assassination, or use um, a fast lift, all of those things earn points. And then you use those creed points in a couple of ways. You can use them to upgrade gear. Or you can use them to can you use them to unlock. No, no, you unlock colors and other things from doing collectibles like cockades. Yeah, so you use your creed points to upgrade your gear. But you earn, you buy, you can buy gear by earning money in the world. You can earn money in the world by doing just doing heist missions over and over again. So, and of course, all the social club stuff. So, <laughs> Unity has like quite a few different. Elements, but they're all pretty easy. you just play the game and have fun and you'll very quickly earn the money and earn the creed points and unlock the gear. There's a lot of collectibles there are a lot of cockades and chests syndicate for me definitely passed the the line of an acceptable amount of collectibles um especially with the chests that was just mad
0: I oh, know I agree with that and I've got a little um thought exercise for you then some Doing so, think about Unity because I know how much you've played Unity. So every mission is a memory, right? And you've got to go from point A to point B in the open world mm. to get that memory. So sequence two might be by Notre Dame, and you're all the way um, on the other side of Paris. So you've got yep. to go over these seven yep. to get to it. Is that any different to you walking from? And origins here. Siwa, to I'm trying to think of a city in Egypt. To pyramids of Giza to unlock another main mission, even if it's not cost memory. Is that really any difference?
1: It's. I would say it's the same because you've got the memories where you're you're reliving very specific records in the DNA. But then the Animus builds the open world from like the collective memory, plus it's filling in gaps, let's say it like that, um, where there aren't memories. Um, And the route you choose to get through the world, again, that's just you exploring the world the Animus creates rather than specifically synchronizing a memory. And again, this is where that whole concept of synchronization has kind of been hidden a little bit in the newer games. But in the older games, yeah, you were very clearly synchronizing a fixed memory Um, although even then there's multiple routes to take out a target and escape so there's always been a little bit of we probably shouldn't try to stretch the uh, the metaphor too much because it it breaks down but you know we can still have some fun with it
0: so the second example i would think about and there's a point um where i'm thinking of this i'm trying to remember is when you look at um was it valhalla with the um alliance system if you look at the alliance system very closely and imagine each line system is a memory, and then you've got to do them linear. And imagine now if Valhalla didn't have an open world, it was just like Black Flag, where you couldn't get to part of England to unlock the memory. If you imagine Valhalla's world like that, is that really any different to any of the older Assassin's Creed games either? Bear in mind, this is just a visual exercise. <laughs> mm, I mean. <sighs>
1: I, I may, I may be making a really stupid comment here, but when I played Black Flag, it didn't. Excuse the background noise. There, if you can hear some thumping, my dog has walked into the office, and he's having a good scratch of his ears, and his his legs thudding on the floor. Oh, so I'm messy. really sorry if the microphone is picking that up. Ah, uh, we'll leave it in. It's all good fun. <laughs> You're right there, Sammy. Yeah. Right. What are we talking about? So. Um, to me, the experience of Black Flag, I know it's structured very differently. It's still that, that sort of fixed genetic memory sequence and there's side sequences and extra memories. But the experience to me felt a lot like Odyssey, big open world, beautiful visual, visuals, a lot of sailing. Um, it gave me the same the same feeling. That's the best way I can describe it. I know they're very different games but it gave me the same feeling of, of exploring a big open world. Um, I've forgotten your question because the dog's scratching his ear again and it's putting me off. <laughs>
0: well, you know You've already answered it with comparison of Black Flag. And honestly, and that's why my mindset has always been. that Maybe the parkour is not the same. Maybe the stories are not the same. I get that. They're not perfect. I'll never say they will. Maybe the combat's a little bit more RPG now. I get that. The abilities are a bit of a stretch. I do agree. But if you take all them away, at its core, the only difference between these games and the old games is the power of our gaming system is strongest, mm-hmm. and the worlds are bigger. You're practically in Origins and Valhalla, and honestly, you're just playing a Unity style game, but with a much, much larger scale. It's no longer one to one city, it's a whole. Area of history, which yeah, so well, again, it's just maybe being cynical, and I'm very i'm I'm a very positive person that I do agree that there's some flaws with the newer games. I'm not going to say the perfect, but they don't feel any different to what I've been playing for fifteen years. They just feel the same, just bigger.
1: There's definitely um, what's the right way to say? It? You can, you can. I think you can feel the evolution, slow and steady, addition of new mechanics or new gameplay styles. I know Origins was kind of a big reset, Um, but yeah, the sort of the 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 quote unquote RPG bit of it to me feels. Just like another step in the evolution rather than a massive st- if you' had gone from AC1 straight to origins, yes, that's a huge change. but when you when you fill in all the gaps of the other games that came in between, it feels like a much more gradual um, gradual evolution.
0: I actually feel some of the evolution steps in the new games have actually gone back, and the older games are more forward. so Ravenspop, for example. AC Free's homestead is more advanced than Ravensthorpe. Tell me more. If you remember you could send out um Oh, I don't have AC free so I can't remember. But you could send out convoys to get like wood and all that to bring back. And like with Black Flag you could send ships out to do missions and you get economy and you get like coins from it. Jesus, that's such a good point.
1: But why Ravens... is there no economy in Ravensthorpe? See what I mean? Why, just, like... why isn't there farmland that generates I don't know, a hundred wheat per turn or something. Do you know what I mean? They just generate a food buff, which I really never used. Food oh, buff I never I used it. I, I did it once and she rings the bell. and I was like, yeah, all right, didn't need that. Okay. But
0: <laughs> There's the thing. We're talking about an evolution, but Raven's, um, AC3's homestead and Black Flag's naval system is more advanced than Raven's orb. So, interesting, which is, it? so uh, in that current. Is that very minor correspondence in my opinion which is more rpg ac3's homestead or raven's i would argue ac3's homestead because you're sending ships out and you're getting an economy system mm. i would say mm. montegione is more um is more rpg than valhalla's raven's because you get an economy that you
1: build up from scratch so why isn't there see, I know again they've they, with Valhalla they tried to really de emphasize money. So instead of Odyssey where you could earn tens of thousands of drachme from selling a single bow, you know, at level ninety nine. And you could easily get, you know, millions of drachme if you just played enough hours. Again, my dog is making so much noise. He's now climbing onto the old beanbag we've got here on the floor.
0: I And now
1: I'm going to keep talking just to make the edit even more difficult. He's now trying to make himself a bed on the beanbag. Do you mind? I'm trying to record here, mate. Anyway, okay. um, they've really de-emphasized the, the money. So you only ever earn a few silver coins here and there. You know, the, you don't buy gear. It's just found in chests. Um, but there's no income. And there are still things that you would like money for. Though not that many things it makes you wonder whether they even bothered with an economy at all. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's, see, it's just the
0: whole point that I live in that my mind that yes, these games have got a bit more RPG. Yes. But there's a lot of mechanics in the old games that actually outweigh some of the new mechanics. Montagioni. Yeah. AC Freeze yeah. Homestead, the ships, the naval ships, even the great, um, oh, I always pronounce the name wrong. Great Iguana or great. Iguana? Oh,
1: great Inagua.
0: Inagua, the Great Inagua. it that's you, a better Thank you both for you
1: teaching us how to say it.
0: <laughs> that's a better homestead than Ravensworth, and this is no knock on Ravensworth because I love Ravensworth. I, you know, I love the different buildings, but the food buff isn't very fun in my opinion. I, I really don't enjoy the food buff at all. So, really, <laughs> the, the series is always two steps forward, one steps back. Like. It's always has been and always will be two steps forward, one step back. It's how Assassin's Creed rolls. When something gets fixed, something gets broken.
1: <laughs> it's true. I mean, they've got to try new things, haven't they? And sometimes an idea that's tried out maybe doesn't quite work or there's a better way of doing it. And we've got to roll with it, haven't we?
0: To be honest, out of all the games we've played, I've, I've been playing 15 years, the amount of mechanics they've added and took, <laughs> them, you couldn't expect them to keep all the mechanics in seriously like there's too much there was like revelations like heavy-handed throwing and then assassin's creed free added combos with pistols in your hand or rope darts and then there was crafting of bombs and crafting skins there was more fluff in the mechanics and there was actually collectibles and that's not a knock i'm just kind of concerned how much mechanics this series has dumped on our doorstep mm. Mm.
1: i would i would love to see um What kind of world could they create with all the the talent and the resources they have? And, you know, there are some people that just do not like the newer style of games. Fine. You know, no problem. We all like different things. Personally, I do. Um, And I think Egypt, Greece and England and Norway and Finland and so on have been beautiful worlds. But I would love to see what they could do with all of that time and energy focused on one city mo- on designed for modern hardware. Um, I'd love to see that big immersive city. Uh, no, not even a big city. I don't mind, a small city, but full of people, full of life. would be great to see. See,
0: there's something I want to see this last year, but I don't know if you should talk about it because it's very controversial.
1: Mm, I think you're going to have to tell me now.
0: So, with on the whole idea of live service and all that coming forward, I would actually like it because we know of how Layla's animus works now, and she's actually saved the franchise in my opinion, of allowing us now to explore any genetic memories instead of your bloodline. I think that's just a really good little law leash. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I would like it where we get a modern, a modern day. Cell of assassins. We create our own modern day protagonist, and there is, you know, mission very linear AC three missions added every so often via the live service platform. But it's Rebecca and Sean who and William who are hacking into the Animus with Bastion's help, and we are now getting very small and imagine Heresy style small linear one don't even have to be one city's one town style maps where it's one or two genetic memories and you could go anywhere in the world imagine having your own assassin that you created from modern day and hundreds of thousands of moments in history that are not just one moment captured in a game like Valhalla but snippets of history you dive into a snippet of history to play as an assassin through Maximum five genetic memories in a world that's very linear, and each will have a new mechanic. One assassin was all about stealth, so you add crafting in there for different items. One assassin was known for his brute strength, so you ditch the crafting, you ditch the stealth, and you go for full melee. One was known for his parkour, so you do a system more designed to agility and speed. It kind of makes the game fluid, a bit more alive, in my opinion.
1: I, I would love to see something like that. I think that'd be really interesting—a series of shorter stories that you could play and hopefully replay. That's definitely what we miss: is the ability to replay memories. But yeah, if there was a series of short stories that you could replay that—that that had that, um, that depth where you could approach each target in in many different ways, I'd be up for that. Definitely.
0: I think mean, after reading Heresy, and I was look for different topics, it kind of <laughs> did show me that. Assassin's Creed doesn't have to be someone's whole life. You know, Heresy's modern-day Assassin was only for, like, five short snippets of Joan of Arc's life.
1: Yeah, i such a good book. We definitely need to do a, a Heresy book review, for oh, sure. The ending.
0: I love the ending.
1: Oh, it's... Uh,
0: it was perfect.
1: It's brilliant. And just the way that... Um, christy golden describes eagle vision the way that she describes um the the angel in the rafters and revealing who it is um there's oh, so much good this is such a good story we're gonna do a a heresy book review soon for sure we'll put it on the spreadsheet if it's not already on there
0: <laughs> and i think the last point i'll make for a wrap up there is actually one negative about heresy that i will throw in <gasps> what why the F does Ubisoft drop all the great Templar lore ah. into books? This is what Literally. we discussed
1: with Andrew a couple of weeks ago, wasn't it? There is actually yep. a lot of storytelling there, out there, but it's, unless you like, unless you like comics, you ain't reading it. <laughs> so, yeah.
0: Like, a final thought for people to remember. What the F is an Omega team? I'm guessing they're related to Sigma Team, right? Yeah, but the, no, because Sigma Team is by Otzel Burke, who's a Templar Inner Sanctum member, so he's running the Sigma Team with the Black Cross. So who's the Omega Team for Rickman?
1: <laughs> oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. yeah, yeah even, uh, even more Inner Sanctum, Inner Inner Sanctum.
0: <laughs> Ubisoft, are you going to address this in games anytime soon? You know, you're going to address the instruments of the First Will? Mm. You know, mm. they're vital. Stop giving us just assassin first Templars. Throw in instruments of the first will. Throw Omega teamers. Give us the assassin boogeyman. Please, we need an assassin boogeyman. I know Shea did it, but we need like a huge entire bloodline or family tradition of people hunting assassins who've done wrong. Mm. Maybe Arno could do it. <laughs> I think that's all we've got time for tonight. I think so. Is your dog asleep?
1: He's left the room. He's oh, he's, he's finished making enough noise and <laughs> chaos while I'm trying to do my very professional recording, and he's left the room, which is good.
0: We've had Aslan making the appearance. We have. Opinions, and now we've had your dog making the appearance. My dog so, Sammy, yep. Sammy, everyone's welcome. Guess. <laughs> Feline, canine, human, you're all welcome. It's great. So is Simon going to be our next guest then?
1: He he could be. He doesn't really have a lot to say. So it could be a tricky kind of interview. Um, and he can't hold a controller. So again, could be... Oh, there should have been a joke in there about a mouse. No, that's better for Aslan, isn't it? As Aslan is a cat. Um, but yeah, anyway. no, <laughs> I've lost my train of thought.
0: I, I know how to train to begin with.
1: Ah, good.
0: So thanks to everyone uh, tuning in this week. If you've got anything else you'd like to add or you just want to have a bit of a chin with me and James, you can reach out to us on Twitter at AC Let's Talk or at James Taylor quid You can also email us at Assassin's Creed Let's Talk at gmail.com. Uh, thanks to everyone for listening and we'll see you all next week.
1: See you all soon.